Hace Inglés presenta Into the Story, el podcast para aprender inglés con historias reales contadas por gente de todo el mundo. We all seem to have ideas about what life will look like when we reach a certain age or we reach a certain place or time in our lives. And sometimes those ideas are accurate and sometimes they're not. Just as we were lying in bed having pillow talk, as they say, he said to me, I can't do it. So we're going to hear Beck telling us her story and telling us how she started again. Beck is originally from Melbourne, Australia, and we're calling this story Just Say Yes to Everything. Before hearing the story, we're going to look at a little bit of vocabulary that perhaps is new to you and that you're going to hear Beck use in her story. The first one is pillow talk. Pillow talk refers to the conversations that you have in bed with your partner or a special someone when you're just laying there with your head on the pillow, having light, nice conversations. Pillow talk. The next word is whirlwind. A whirlwind refers to a chaotic and energetic process. And this is a noun and an adjective. For example, imagine you wanted to travel across a really big country like Canada in one week. It would be a whirlwind trip. The next one is a verb, to grieve. To grieve refers to the very intense sadness that we can feel when we lose someone or something. To grieve. And lastly, to be stoked. To be stoked is a very informal adjective that means to feel very excited about something. Imagine that you were going on un viaje muy esperado. The night before, you would be stoked. For each episode, you can get a full vocabulary list and listening comprehension activities on our website, acingles.com. That's la letra A, letra C, ingles.com. Okay. Let's get into the story. I met him in a job interview. His name was Julian. We were in a competition for the same job at a law firm. I didn't really think much of him. I thought he was quite a strapping young man. He was very tall and had a very serious face. So in that regard, he was intriguing. But... After that day, we both discovered that we got the job. We were both successful in that. And I discovered that he also liked to stand in the corner and eat the free food at our Friday drinks at the law firm. And from there, we discovered that we both took the same train in the mornings together. And I noticed that I started timing my arrival at the train platform to coincide with his. I suppose that's where it all began. We we traveled a lot together for a while. We were in Europe. He was studying in the Netherlands. 
and I was using it as an excuse to to run away to Europe for the summer. We did all those things that young couples do. We we traveled. We we did the backpacker journey. We had adventures. We we moved in together. We had a little apartment by. Um, Albert Park, which is a lovely, a lovely lake in Melbourne near the beach. We love to do sports together. We we did triathlons. We did hiking together. From there, it was probably about three and a half years into our relationship. We were at an Angus and Julia Stone concert. That was really lovely and a very quintessential Australian folk experience. That we decided to get married. People ask me if he was the one to initiate it or if I was, but I really don't know how it came about. It wasn't like he got down on one knee. It was it was a lot more unassuming. It was just, oh, you know, like we're caught up in this beautiful music or these love songs, and I don't know. Somehow we left the concert engaged, and so then began the. The whirlwind of planning a wedding.、Um, we did all of the the frilly bits of、uh, engage an engagement party. We did dress fittings. We we visited locations together. This was about a year in the process, and we'd had invitations sent out. I I had my bridesmaids all ready to go, and then it was one evening, two months out from the wedding. Just as we were lying in bed having pillow talk, as they say, he said to me, "I can't do it. I can't get married." It was such a a quiet spoken sentence, but with such grave implications. In that moment, I didn't know really how to process it. He was—he asked, well, he said it so nicely, like, "I just can't get married to you." And so, at this point, everything was ready. So, I suppose you could describe what happened next as trying to detangle hair from a hairbrush. Very messy, painful. And tedious. I wanted to return to normality as soon as possible. After that day, he moved out, and I was pretty much left living on a mattress on the floor. I'd also just left a job, and I was well. We were relying on his salary to live at the time because I had gone back to study, so I definitely felt his absence. In more ways than one, and it was devastating. I do remember a lot of nights where my sister, my younger sister, I call her my little big sister, because she she was really there for me at that time when I just needed somebody to be next to me in the bed to help my ex Julian and I reconcile what had happened. But at one point, we decided, you know, we have all this champagne. What are we going to do with with tens of bottles of of champagne just lying in our storeroom? What we're going to do is we're going to throw a picnic with all of our friends and whoever wants to come and show that you know what, 
everything's okay we're we're gonna get through this and let's have some fun along the way the day of the picnic came about it was really lovely i mean melbourne in the summer is is gorgeous the sun is not too hot it's just that nice warmth on the back of your neck and the vibe in the city is it's really it emanates summer we were hanging out friends had bought their friends and it really marked a new beginning and in more than one sense for me this is where chapter two begins of this story I met a young guy, a young Venezuelan surgeon who had just moved to the country called Daniel. And I mean, this is my breakup picnic and he's arrived and we just started to hang out because he was new to Melbourne. I was on my way out of Melbourne. Oh, I'd signed up for a, a job in New Caledonia, a little island. I was going there to teach guy's new to the city he seems to like hiking sure let's hang out so it did come as a shock to me when one month into my new contract in new caledonia i got a call from young daniel saying oh rebecca hey so happens i'm coming to new caledonia any chance i could stay with you and we could hang out and i suppose from that point, that's where my life with Daniel began. We were in New Caledonia together for two weeks and that was really lovely and I think that's when we decided there's something here. I think I took on the mentality of just saying yes to everything that came my way. That was part of my new improved me, my new mantra. With this new mantra of say yes in mind, I agreed to moved to Perth with Daniel and then after a year there working in the desert we said yes to a job opportunity that came Daniel's way in Barcelona. Most recently we I suppose said yes to having a baby together and so here we are in Barcelona three years later with our almost two-year-old baby girl Zoe. If I, if I think back to, to five years ago and, and all those job interview questions that we do, you know, where, where do you imagine yourself in five years' time? I, I can't say I would ever have imagined this, living a life in Barcelona by the beach. I teach. I, I help manage a, an English school. It's, it's amazing. Tomorrow... I'm returning to Melbourne for the first time in more or less three years since arriving. And to be honest, I'm, I'm really nervous. Let's see how it goes. I had the chance to speak with Beck after her trip to Australia. We're in COVID lockdown right now, so we recorded this remotely. Let's hear what Beck has to say about going back to Australia for the first time in a long time and how she's feeling about Australia these days. How, how was the experience of going back and introducing Zoe to her Australian roots? How did it feel? 
going back to Australia was really nice. Um, I was nervous at the beginning, but it felt so strange, but at the same time, so familiar to be back home. It also brought on a sense of nostalgia, I think. Having the family all around me and, and back in Australia as well, all of my cousins and aunties and uncles, they live in more or less the same suburb. I had a glimpse of what life would have been like. Yeah, I, I felt grateful to have those family around me because they, they welcomed us so effortlessly. They just walked into our house and were like, hey, Zoe, how's it going? Or hey, Beck, how's it going? As if no time had passed at all. Kept thinking to myself, could I live here again? And I don't know about that. I think over the years, my sense of home has evolved over the years and and when I was a child growing up, my family moved around a lot. For me, my sense of family is more about the people around me and having that constant. Yes, I feel at home in Barcelona more than Australia now, but beyond that, I feel more at home with Zoe and Dan. That's all for today. Si te ha gustado este podcast y quieres seguir escuchando, puedes visitar nuestra página web acingles.com, donde tendrás todos los episodios de Into the Story. También encontrarás algunas actividades y materiales de cada episodio para ayudarte con tu inglés. Thank you for listening, and until next time, we hope you have a good time, or at least a good story to tell.